This is In Tune, the in-series podcast, opening up to you your own in-series opera and more, an oasis of intimate, innovative, and inspiring ideas through music, theater, art, and opera. I'm your host, Timothy Nelson, Artistic Director of the in-series, and this is a checking-in episode, which means it's going to be a short one. It's been a while since our last podcast episode was released. We had two weekends of nearly sold-out performances of La Paloma at the Wall at Gala Theatre here in Washington, D.C., and it was work that I was extremely proud of us for presenting. It was a heavy lift, uh, extremely difficult to produce um, and to produce well, but the level of collaboration and community engagement was extreme, and that gave us a sense of the importance of what we were doing. If you haven't had a chance, I'd urge you to listen to the many podcasts we did on the project, one of our director's salon, as well as interviews with artists and with Anna Dini Morales, the creator of the piece, uh, and learn a little more about it. You can also find lots of photos on the web, on Facebook, uh, of, of the wall that we created with the Latin American Youth Center and of the production itself, which gained a lot of praise in the press, and we were, we were very happy to have presented it. For now, we're in preparation for the tale of Xerxes. Now, I hope to do a fuller podcast next week on this this uh, new production. But what it is is a reworking of Handel's opera Xerxes. This is ha- probably Handel's most uh, famous and beloved opera. It opens with the famous Alargo that uh, that many people may know from from any number of weddings that it uh, it makes an appearance in. Um, the Tale of Zerse uh, is a version of this that returns the piece to its Persian roots. Zerse, of course, was a ancient Persian king, famous ancient Persian king. And uh, when reworking Handel's opera, we wanted to find a not just a sound world, but also a visual world and a way of storytelling that matched the style of, of Persian folk tales. Uh, so this, this new version... Uh, reorders the work a bit, simplifies the story, and uh, infuses a narration that's created out of the poetry of Rumi, 13th century Sufi poet Rumi, who's still acclaimed as as the most popular poet in the world and the best-selling poet in the world. That'll be the first two weekends of June at Atlas Theatre, and we start rehearsal in just a couple weeks, so a lot of our, our time here is spent in preparing that, and we have a great team of artists uh, who are coming in to, to, to sing those roles, and the designs look beautiful. I can't wait to share them with you. In the meantime, we've just had uh, this past week an out-of-the-box party. We hosted this, this party to reveal our new logo and tagline, as well as to announce next year's season of shows. We called it an out-of-the-box party because if you have the image of the in-series logo in your mind, it is a box. And of course, so much of the work we do is out-of-the-box, and since we were creating a new logo, uh, we were taking it quite literally out of the box and, and making something new with it. The new logo you can find on our website or on social media, on Facebook or our Instagram accounts and take a look at it. The idea was to make a logo that was flexible, whose uh, geometry was instantly recognizable as the in-series, and which could appear in any number of colors and moods based on on the use that we needed it for. We wanted something that, most importantly, was immediately identifiable as this company. Uh, Our tagline, historically, has been opera and more, uh, and we felt that we needed something new, not just to give us a, a fresh appearance, but also to say 
right away what it is that, that we are, who we are, since the in-series is a name, um, and a name which I love. I love that it doesn't have the word opera in it. I love that the in-series uh, has history, that it's in because early critics of the company said we were innovative and intimate and inspiring. Uh, and I love that, that, that there is that um, context for the name. But it's a difficult name in that it doesn't say what we do, that we're an opera theater company. So we have a new tagline, replacing opera and more, and that new tagline is opera that speaks, theater that sings. And the reason behind this is we want everyone to know that we're an opera company, that the core repertoire that we work with is an operatic canon, um, but that we don't do opera like anyone else in the world, that the opera we do uh, is totally different, and that it matters, that it's opera that's meant to make the world a better place, it's opera that speaks. And we also wanted audiences to know that we see ourselves as part of the thriving world-class theater scene which exists in Washington, D.C. This is a city that's blessed to have so much um, uh, independent theater, interesting uh, grassroots theater being made. And we want people to know that we're part of that, that we don't see opera as something apart from the theater scene, but we're just another form of theater. While some theater companies work with Shakespeare, some theater companies work with theater of the absurd or physical theater, uh, musical comedy. We uh, do lyric theater, that is um, theater that sings. So the tagline, opera that speaks, theater that sings, um, is smart, it's immediate, uh, and it communicates directly who we are and what we aspire to be. For today's episode, which, uh, which, like I said, will be a short one. I just wanted to take a moment to lay out our upcoming season. Our 2019-2020 season is titled Lean In, and that's an invitation for audiences to join us on a journey towards a new in-series and a vision for a company at the forefront of changing perceptions about what opera is and why opera matters. You can't see the brochure because you're just listening, but I have the brochure in my hands now. It's, it's a beautiful brochure. It's on thick paper, um, and the images are all detailed, close-up uh, photographs of many of the artists with whom we work. Um, you can get a copy of this by, by uh, writing us an email if you're not already on our mailing list, or if you are on our mailing list, it should arrive automatically within the next couple weeks. Um, and it lays out the entire season for next year, and I, I just want to go through it for a moment to tell you what we have uh, coming up. We'll open the season in September here at the Source Theatre with a new piece called Butterfly. This is a reworking of Puccini's opera, one of the most op popular operas in the world, Madama Butterfly. Uh, but this new version reorders the storytelling to reflect the original play, the David Belasco play on which it's based. It's scored for only four singers and a piano that is played both on the keyboard but also inside what we call prepared piano so that you can make a whole orchestra of percussive and lyrical noises with, with, with one piano. Um, our music director for the project is local composer and pianist Jessica Crash, uh, who will be working with me to restructure the, the score uh, in a way that realizes, of course, it's, uh, it's beloved lyricism and at the same time finds new possibilities for colors and sound worlds. Uh, like I said, the piece is reordered to be uh, 
in the same order as the uh, original play by David Blasco, which means it starts with Butterfly already on the, on the mountaintop, looking out over the sea, waiting for Pinkerton's return. Everything that appears from the first act in Puccini's opera um, then becomes a flashback in this version. But the curious thing is that the audience isn't aware of whether this is a flashback or whether um, Butterfly has created all of this in her mind, whether this story with Pinkerton ever really happened. And what the opera really becomes about is an exploration of what it means for someone's life to whittle down to a single hope, one thread of hope, and a thread of hope that has to be clung to with such terrifying force um, to, to maintain existence. Uh, and there's a beautiful love story in Butterfly, which isn't between Pinkerton and Butterfly, but is actually the friendship of Suzuki uh, and Butterfly, how Suzuki protects and, and tries to shield Butterfly from, from the realities of the world. We're going to be doing something extremely new, unique with this production, which is we're going to be doing 16 performances, which for an opera, and especially for the in-series, is a huge number of performances. We have two casts, um, brilliant young casts. One will be performing the show in English, and one will be performing the show in Italian, so audiences can choose which language they'd like to experience the piece in, or better yet, they can come twice to experience uh, two different sets of voices and two different uh, languages. We have a wonderful, exciting cast for this. Uh, soprano's Mary Beth Diggle, who's, who's a Belgian um, soprano, and Amanda Palmira, who's a local DC singer. Our tenors are Brian Ariola, who some of our audiences might remember from last year's uh, Verdi Requiem, and Nelson Ibu, who's an Angolan tenor living in New York. Uh, Elizabeth Mondragon will be our Suzuki for both casts. Uh, who, of course, just per, uh, performed in La Paloma at the Wall to, to brave reviews. Uh, and and uh, I'll be directing this, this new production. It'll be right here in Source in September of 2019. Following closely on the heels of that, in October of 2019, a new work called Stormy Weather. This is the many of the creative forces that came together to create uh, from U Street to the Cotton Club. Uh, namely Sybil Williams. We are commissioning from Sybil a new version of The Tempest, um, Shakespeare's The Tempest, retold from the perspective of Sycorax. In the original play of The Tempest, uh, there is reference to a character, Sycorax, who used to own uh, the island on which The Tempest takes place. And we're told by Prospero that she's dead, uh, that she was African. Uh, her son, Caliban, has been enslaved by Prospero. And Ariel, who Prospero told, tells us had, imprisoned, had been imprisoned by Sycorax, has also now become the slave of Prospero. So everything we know about this powerful African woman character in Shakespeare's Tempest, we learn from a white male colonizer. And what we wanted to do was to create a piece which tells the Tempest from the perspective of the characters of color within the piece, um, and specifically from Sycorax, who has no voice, has no agency in the original play. This new version will feature Michelle uh, Rogers, who was the star of From U Street to the Con Club, as Sycorax, and then two other performers, one a, uh, a um, tenor, Nigel Rowe, will be taking the role of Ariel, who performs entirely the music of Billie Holiday, which is why the piece, of course, is called Stormy Weather. And the other will take the role of Caliban, and we've hired 
a, an amazing beatbox artist from Baltimore named Shodake. Now, Shodake and I worked together many years ago, um, and I've been waiting for an opportunity for us to be able to collaborate again. He's a really um, important and profoundly gifted artist, uh, local artist. He'll be taking the role of Caliban, um, and, and in a way that the piece will explore um, slavery through the metaphor of, of music. On the one hand, with Ariel, uh, language is enslaved by melody. And on the other hand, with Caliban, language is enslaved through rhythm, through spoken word and, and beatboxing. Uh, Greg Watkins, who of course was in the cast of From You Street to the Con Club, will be our music director. This will all be at the Atlas Performing Arts Center in the Springer Theater in October. Um, and that we'll have the theater reset in a cabaret club atmosphere. Um, I'm very, very proud that we're, we're able to commission this new work, which I think will be an important and deeply moving new work. I've seen some of Sybil's early sketches already, and they are profoundly moving, um, deeply, deeply affecting. In December, we're going to be doing a community uh, collaboration with Foundry United Methodist Church. Now, Foundry United Methodist Church, located on 16th Street here in Northwest in DC, is a major force for finding the point at which faith, spirituality, and social justice meet. As an artist, I believe that uh, the act of creation is, of course, a spiritual act, and making art is a spiritual practice. Uh, so I approached Foundry about the idea of collaborating on a large-scale arts project that could be seeking out the nexus between faith, social justice, and, uh, and the arts. Uh, so we're going to be working with them to present a staging of Berlioz's great oratorio, L'Enfance de Christ, which in English means the childhood of Christ. Um, this is the story of the Holy Family fleeing um, the massacre of the innocents and going into Egypt where they were welcomed and taken care of. But what Berlioz does with the piece is make it really about uh, what it means for a migrant family to be fleeing violence, to leave their homeland, to escape violence, and to be welcomed by strangers in a strange land. Um, it is a deeply moving piece. It's a piece I've wanted to do for a long time, and of course it's become uh, quite topical now. Uh, we'll be doing it in the sanctuary of Foundry, and the entire process will be opened up to the community and to the congregation to participate in myriad ways. Uh, in creating the scenery, in um, uh, moving with the performers throughout the performance, in um, coming to rehearsals and seeing how the act of practicing our, um, our artistic craft is also practicing our spiritual craft. Um, it'll be conducted by Stanley Thurston with the Choir of Foundry, soloists, instrumentalists, and um, a performer on the historical organ there. It'll be co-directed by myself and Stephen Scott Mazzola, who of course directed our uh, Viva Verdi, The Promised End. Um, and that will be for three performances in the Foundry United Methodist Church in December of 2019. In January, we'll be back at Source with a piece called Le Cabaret de Carmen. This is a new version of Carmen set in an immersive cabaret atmosphere with a tango quartet. Uh, it uses four singers and two actors and returns to the raw um, 
violence and and shocking uh, violence actually of the of the original novella on which Carmen is based. Um, it's performed in only ninety minutes, but in this ninety minutes. Uh, uh, we say an evening of laughter surrounds a darkly unfolding tragedy that's loved the world over. It'll be Carmen like you've never seen it before, um, sounding uh, alive in new and surprising ways um, and capturing the audience's imagination. Then in March, uh, so much of our season is about agency. It's about giving voice to people, artists, uh, seg segments of our community that don't often have the chance to have such a such a platform and we decided in March that we wanted to have a whole festival dedicated to women composers to try and uh, radically shift the way our audience views the creative force who are the creators of opera and we wanted to magnify the voices of women as um, as important uh, creators of, of this art form uh, so we're going to be having a week-long festival of the music of, of women composers. At the center of this festival are two operas. One is called Here Be Sirens. This is by a Amer young American composer, Kate Soper. And Here Be Sirens is uh, for three sopranos and a piano that they themselves play and manipulate. And it tells the story before and after of um, Homer's Three Sirens from, from the Odyssey as they explore the meaning of their, their own existence. It is funny, it is sad, it is um, incredibly witty. Uh, when I first heard Kate's music, um, it was a moment that I really felt like I'd come face to face with genius, and genius that is absolutely distinctive. I'd never heard a sound like it, um, and, and I'm so happy that we're gonna be able to pre present that. Alongside, we're presenting another opera by a Mexican composer, Gabriela Ortiz, called Ana y su Sombra. And this is a family opera that tells the story of a young Mexican girl who's come to, the, who's migrated with her family to the United States. She wishes to go back to Mexico, and her shadow wishes to stay in the United States. Um, it's poignant, it's topical, um, it's wonderful music that's alive with passion and emotion. Um, and these, these two works will form the centerpiece of this, this Women Composers Festival. We'll also have an opening gala concert that will feature staged vocal works by local and living female composers. We'll have late night cabarets. One will be a, a celebration of the music of Dorothy Fields, who was the um, text writer for many, many famous songs, including The Way You Look Tonight, On the Sunny Side of the sea Street, I Can't Give You Anything But Love. She wrote the book for Annie Get Your Gun. I think that she is still the, the highest grossing composer, uh, not composer, um, artist that uh, ASCAP has. Um, and we've been wanting for some time now to do a cabaret celebration of her, of her works. So that'll be one of the late night cabarets. And the other late night cabaret will be more experimental. It'll be a staging of a piece called Love Songs, which is a work for one woman that explores love in many languages by Canadian uh, Slovenian composer uh, Anna Sokolovic. 
uh, leading up to the festival, in the months, four months leading up to the festival, we'll be presenting free or inexpensive concerts at different uh, cultural institutes and embassies around the city celebrating the music of women composers from those countries uh, to build momentum going into this March festival, which will happen all at Gala Hispanic Theater uh, on 14th Street. And finally, in April, we're doing something extremely unique, which is that uh, we have two works that I couldn't decide which was the best one for us to do this season. One of them is Handel's Susanna, which is uh, a mature oratorio of Handel's, um, telling the biblical story of Susanna and the elder. Susanna is um, preyed upon by two judges um, who make advances on her, and when she refuses them, they threaten to to say to to the community that she is uh, is a prostitute um, and unholy, and she would be put to death. Uh, this, of course, is very topical in the age of Me Too, and I was excited to find a young poet named Caitlin Rizzo who's working on a book of poetry to tell the story of Artemisia Gentileschi. Now, Gentileschi is a 17th century painter who famously painted an image of Susanna and the elders, which has become ubiquitous to this story. Gentileschi herself was raped when she was uh, 16, I believe. She was in her teens, and her and her father took her uh, attacker to court in the Vatican, and there's a very famous trial with a transcript that details um, that time in her life, following which she became one of the most important painters in, uh, in 17th century Italy and painted largely images of women taking power over men from the Bible, um, including the famous painting of Susanna and the Elders. At the same time, uh, I would love to present a new production of Rigoletto staged as a circus opera uh, in which we turn the entire theater into an immersive circus atmosphere, rescore the the uh, music for an ensemble of, of circus organs and circus instruments and um, end the season with, with a bang, as it were. So being unable to decide uh, which of these I wanted to do most, uh, we've, we've made the, the brave decision to turn this over to our subscribers. So anyone that subscribes to the season next year uh, we'll have an opportunity to vote on the final production. And by the end of the summer, uh, we'll know which production we're going to be doing in April in the Springer Theater at Atlas. It will be either Handel's Susanna uh, with Baroque Orchestra or the very, and rightly so, beloved uh, Rigoletto of Verdi with some of the most uh, unforgettable music that, that's, ever, that's ever come out of the West. Um, this is all um, going to happen between September and April of next year. You can go online to our website to find more information um, to subscribe. You can call our box office at 202-204-7763 um, or look out in the mail. The, the brochure should be arriving soon. You can go back and listen to any of our podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you listen. Uh, and I hope to see you at the theater for our new production of The Tale of Xerxes, which will be opening June 1st at the Atlas Lang Theater. Until next time, I'm Timothy Nelson reminding you that Rabindranath Tagore tells us that civility is our first work of art. Make your lives civil and you will have made great works of beauty.